Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. Hey everyone, I have a little ask of you today before I jump into my little story. If you are loving this podcast and you come back week after week, leaving with a little bit of inspiration, you feel ignited, you feel enlightened, and you're walking away with something each and every week, I would love for you to pause right now and you can go into the podcast, click the three little dots, copy the link and text it to three of your friends or family or coworkers, somebody that you know who could get equal value from it. Because my whole mission is to enlighten, ignite and inspire people around the world to live a more joyful life just by listening through to other people's stories that can really spark a change, even if so subtly. So if you're really enjoying the podcast, that's my one ask for you. Can you please share it near and far? I mean, if you have more than three people who you think would love it, send it to five or 10 or everyone, people near and far. If you have family around the world in a different place, I would love for you to send them a text and and introduce them to the podcast. Okay. So what I'm going to talk about today, um, I'm in Kathy Heller's program, Abundant Ever After. And in that program, I have a pod group and each week we get together and we connect and they were asking me a bunch of questions about the upcoming retreat. And I was sharing in um, like kind of how we're sharing, who we're sharing to. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Let me back up. It was actually about the vision board workshop that I was putting on. Okay. So park there. That's how it came to the retreat. So I was talking about putting out my offer out into the world the thing that I absolutely like one of the many things that I absolutely love and believe in is this vision boarding, which I've been doing for such a long time and the process of my vision boarding and how I wanted to gift that to other people. So they too can manifest and bring in the things in their life in unexpected and surprising ways and feel all the feels that the things that they think that they want will bring them. So in this, I was kind of sharing my process of my vision boarding. And one of the things that I do after things have come to fruition is I take them off the board and I put them in a book. I tape them in and then I kind of write about how, what happened, what came out from it. So one thing that I was talking to them about was this one picture that I put on the board and it was a picture of a paddle board and on it, it said, come find your Island. And this is kind of the story that just like fired me up. That made me so excited to tell them like, oh my gosh, this comes in this, this way. The reason why I put that picture on my vision board is 
because we're going to go back a little ways. So for those of you who've been here for a while, and even in the last few podcasts, I've kind of talked about um, my miscarriages. So those of you who haven't been here, maybe it's your first time tuning in. Hello. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, if you go back to the dear Ellen episode, you'll kind of hear that, but anyways, I had multiple miscarriages. I had four to be exact. And so what I learned through that was like kind of letting go of control, what we think that we have control of, like, I I couldn't control it. It just kept happening over and over and over and over again. And then at the end of my pregnancy, the whole pregnancy, I was like, there is no way that I can actually give birth. Like, I just can't, like, there's no way. So my whole pregnancy, I thought, no, 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 no. And I would say like slice and dice me, take the baby out. Like I I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Like there's no way. And then, so finally, you know, how many months in it's like at the very end, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like I can give birth. I, I can do it. So I finally got to that point because we can't control things. Right. And I, I remember the day that my son turned, my parents had got, had got back from Arizona and my dad was talking to me about his trip and showing me the pictures. And I felt my whole entire belly, like do a whole, I don't even know he flipped. So whatever that feels like, I was like, oh my gosh, please do not let me go into labor at my parents' house. And like, that was what I was thinking in the back of my mind is my dad is showing me all these amazing pictures. And I'm thinking like, I got to get home. Anyways, I felt my son completely do a flip, but I didn't know what, what, what it was at the time. And then I think it was a few days later. Yeah. Cause my due date was right around the corner. So then I'm like, okay, something's happening. Um, I went into my doctor's office and it hadn't been a week since the last appointment because it's at the end and they're super close. And she goes, oh, okay. He was just down last week and now he's completely flipped. So you have to have a C-section. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? Like tomorrow, tomorrow, she said, and this is December 30th. And I was like, what tomorrow? Like tomorrow I go in the hospital and what? Like, I am not like, I can't, like, I was just thinking, oh my gosh. So then I like kind of bartered, not bartered with my doctor, my incredible doctor who went through everything with me up to this point. And I mean, I didn't really care about the date, um, of when my son came in, but it's funny. We motocrossed for like 10 years with our older boys and January 31st, you would be like the youngest person always in sports and in school and anything you signed up for, that's the cutoff. So you'd always be the youngest person kind of at the back of the pack or whatever you make of it. So my husband was like, Oh, like let's, if we had him in January, then he would always be the oldest. He wouldn't always be the youngest. So then I said to my doctor, Oh my gosh, like I, I need a day. Like, can you do it on January 1st? And she said, Nope. Um, sorry, we'd only do emergencies only on January 1st. Um, I don't know if it'd be like towards like the baby, the new year's baby. I'm not even sure, but I'm like, okay, what about January 2nd? And she said, yes. 
We can do it January 2nd. If anything happens, um, get to the hospital immediately. Otherwise we could end up having to do an emergency C-section anyways. So the time came January 2nd, I had a C-section. I, I couldn't control it. Right. Then the day or the day after it's a blur to me. I don't really remember. Um, we were in the hospital and because my son was born via C-section, um, immediately the doctor could feel in his skull that something that, that it felt fused. And I mean, if a child was born vaginally, then it, then it could, um, play into that, the skull overlapping until it kind of spaces back out. But because he was born via C-section, they knew right away. So either the day or the day after he was born, then I found out that he could potentially need surgery. So I'd have four miscarriages, which I couldn't control. Then I had to have a C-section, which I couldn't control. And then two days after my like son, my little miracle was born, I found out potentially he could need a surgery. So by this point, um, I had never, I feel so incredibly blessed. I had never like had anxiety my whole entire life. I think I was 31 at this point. Like I didn't even really know what that was. So my son had to wait till he was five and a half months old to have the surgery. And I feel so blessed for that, having all of that time, because I didn't know, like when we went and talked to the doctor, he said, there is this percent chance of him not making it. And these are the odds. And if he doesn't survive the surgery, he's the 100%. Like there is that chance. So after all that we went through, then he has to have a surgery. And so, like I said, I never, ever felt anxiety my whole entire life. And after all of these things that I couldn't control were happening to me, what ended up happening is I couldn't breathe. I would put my son down to sleep at night and I would hold, he liked pressure on him. I would hold his body and I would hold my breath. And if he went to sleep, I would take a breath and start to breathe again. And if he didn't, I wouldn't let myself breathe. I would be like, okay, time to rock or this or that. So what I ended up doing, because I lost control of everything, I find out later after going through some therapy that that was the one thing that I could, could, could control. So I was controlling my breath. I was not breathing in the car. I wasn't like taking inhales and exhales. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like maybe I had like 20% breathing in and 80% not like I couldn't get a full breath. It was always so shallow. And I got to a point where I was like, am I ever going to be able to breathe again? Like, am I ever, will I ever like, this is horrible. Like, what is this? And I went to on the natural path that I went to and did some tapping with. And she said, like, this is anxiety. Like, this is because you cannot control things. Like everything is out of your control. And as you can imagine, as everything came in and all the things that I was dealing with, like that's what anxiety felt like, like that not being able to get a full breath and feeling it was like the worst feeling ever. 
And after not experiencing in my whole life, I was like, after two years, I was like, am I ever going to feel normal again? Am I ever going to have to, am I ever going to be able to stop thinking about my breathing? Because I actually had to like focus on it. Like, okay, breathe in full breath in breathe out. Like I actually had to think about breathing and my whole life. I never, that that was never something that occupied my thoughts or my mind was thinking about actually taking inhales and exhales. So anyways, this is where my picture of the paddleboard came in on my vision board. So I don't even know how long it was after my breathing was getting better, better. I did some tapping, did some therapy Um, and my breathing was getting better. Maybe it was like 80, 20, like 80 breathing really good. 20. I still had to think about it. Maybe not full breast, but it was getting better. And then I bought a paddleboard and I'm not really a water baby. I've never really like enjoyed swimming under the water. I don't know. It's just, I would rather be on top of it. I realized And like, I love the water, but for some reason, like I was never a good swimmer as a kid. I failed maroon because I couldn't do the front crawl. Um, And, but then I bought a paddleboard and then I went out on the lake. And that for me was one of the first times in the years that I could finally breathe again. I had to focus on my paddling. So I wouldn't, my ass wouldn't end up in the water, which it did, but I had to so be present and in the moment when I was on top of that water with the waves and paddling around, like I didn't have time to think about my breathing. I didn't have time to have any other thoughts occupying my mind. When I was out on the water, I felt so zenful. And it was like the first time that I could actually like 100% breathe again in those moments. So when I saw that picture of the paddleboard that said, whatever it was, where is your island or come find your island, whatever the phrase was, I put it on my vision board because I wanted more of that breathing. I wanted to feel more calm and Zen and just present. Like I, it just was so magical for me in those moments. So put the picture on my vision board. And then this is what I'm saying when you're like, oh my gosh, like things come in surprising and unexpected ways. When I took that down and I wrote about it, it ended up being that I said, whoever would have thought that the Island was Hawaii. Like I had no clue. I wanted it so I could be able to breathe again. Like that's the feeling that I was looking for. And then we were invited on a trip to Hawaii. So we jetted off to Hawaii. So it's just really cool to see how things come to fruition. What you put out can come back in surprising and unexpected ways. And this has happened like over and over again. I just actually um, wrote on two things that came off my board recently. And then I began to tell them that is part of the letting go this retreat that I'm hosting in June and Jasper, 
Like that is why I'm like, people need to come because when you can let go of whatever it is and kind of surrender when I really, truly let go, like I could breathe again, whatever it is that people are coming with, it's all going to be different. But when you can leave feeling lighter, that weight lifted off of you, letting go of all the baggage, the stories, the guilt, the scores, the resentments, that everything that you're holding on to. And obviously it become it comes in layers like an onion. But my whole hope is for when you come to the retreat, that letting go piece is that you're going to be able to come out onto the lake. We're going to give you the tools and the strategies and work through meditation and journaling and our conversations to really, truly let go of some of the heaviness that is weighing us down. So yeah, it all kind of came full circle about why I'm so fired up about the retreat and what you will walk away with. So if you don't know yet, my girlfriend, Thomasina and I are putting on the Rocky mountain women's wellness retreat in Jasper, June 10th, 11th, and 12th, where we're bringing in women who want to connect with each other, have a deeper inner connection, let go. Like I said, gosh, that stuff is heavy and expand, be open for what is available for them. Let go and shed of that and shed some of that stuff so that you have space for this expansion. So we're going to be outside, um, on the water, wandering through the mountains, doing our journaling and a meditation, connecting around the fire. So if this is something that you're like, yes, yes, yes. I need this in my life. I want to connect, let go, expand, then send me a message on Instagram. You can follow me there at Candice Danielle Dunaway, which will be linked in the show notes. And if you have any questions about the retreat, if you want to sign up, you want to know more, send me a message on Instagram. And really the only requirement is you come as you are and come with an open mind. That's it. So if you can do those two things, just come as you are and come with an open mind, then we would absolutely love to have you. So thank you for joining me today. I hope whatever it is that you are holding on to, that you find a place where you can completely be present, whatever that is for you and let go some of that to some of that heaviness that you're holding on to. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.